Hey friends, welcome to Monday, March the 13th. Thanks for joining me for today's episode of Enough for Today. We are coming off a full, full weekend. And um, my weekend began Friday teaching a marriage retreat in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I drove over in the afternoon, had quite an eventful uh, hotel experience, which I talk about in uh, yesterday's message. But uh, finally worked that out and uh, ended up having a great time with the church there. And then drove back uh, Saturday and yesterday we had a wonderful day um, at church. In the morning we studied John 12, uh, 20, like 27 to 37, somewhere 20, 20 to 37, that, that range. Um, and it goes live tonight at 7. Also, uh, it's on the archive. If you haven't seen it or heard it, I hope you will track with us and stay with us through the Gospel of John. This was an important message yesterday as Jesus begins to unfold to these Greeks uh, among a, a larger crowd of listeners the, the great significance of the cross that was before him. So then we ho- hosted a group of young adults. We had about 19 young adults at our house yesterday. All afternoon we played round robin ping pong and uh, we ate donuts and pizza and we shared testimonies and stories and uh, it was a lot of fun we just spent the whole day together then we had a night of worship and I don't know why on earth we scheduled all this on time change Sunday clearly the entire staff missed that it was time change Sunday but still we had a great night of uh, music from our team and celebrating the Lord's table together and uh, we ended the day, I don't know, somewhere around 8 o'clock, 8.30, and uh, it was just a full, wonderful day. So I hope you are off and running into your new week, and we are off and running into a new psalm today. Um, not a lot of time ahead of us right now. We're just going to lay out this psalm, read it together, and then I'm going to send you into Monday. But let me give you a little bit of a flyby of what this psalm is so you know what we're in store for. This says in uh, Psalm 74 is the psalm. And it's called a mascal of David, which is simply, uh, not David, of Asaph. Uh, the, the, the phrase, the title, implies that it is either written by or for or in connection to Asaph or one of his descendants. Now, the reason we would say, well, um, this is likely not written by Asaph is that it recounts devastation it recounts the destruction of jerusalem and especially the temple and uh, that did not happen during the life of asaph so it's possible it's probable i should say that this is referring to the babylonian destruction of jerusalem it could also be related to the maccabean uh, era where the greek syrian greek king antiochus epiphanes Uh, destroyed and desecrated the temple one of those two Um, the destruction sounds more like the Babylonian time but the description later in the psalm that there is no prophet remaining um, lends to the fact that it could have been that intertestamental Maccabean period when there were no prophets Uh, because in the Babylonian time there were prophets Jeremiah was one of them he was alive and well in jerusalem and preaching um, and letting people know but maybe this is right after jeremiah Um, so you know you know there's there's a lot of ambiguity there's no certainty on when this was written except for it was clearly during a time of 
national grieving and deep remorse and uh, deep suffering in the wake of de uh, the devastation of Jerusalem. So this psalm comes out of hardship. It is, is written and expressed in the middle of grief. And so along with others that we studied, this is a raw psalm. It's one of these that is kind of like, God, how long? Why are you doing this? What are you doing? Um, how are you active in all of this? Please come back around to save us and rescue us. And please uh, don't let us experience your wrath and your uh, absence any longer. Please don't forget your covenant. We know you are uh, this God. We know you have done all these things, but we don't feel it, feel it or see it. And right now we're just devastated. So this is... Um, this is a window into the souls of the people. Now listen, there were two kinds of people in um, Jerusalem during the Babylonian takeover, okay? There were those who had rejected God, who had followed false prophets, who were worshiping false gods. And this psalm is really not written by or for those people. Uh, they're the God rejectors. They're the ones who the wrath of God was truly intended for. The judgment was truly falling on them. But there was in also in that mix this remnant of people, and you would call them God followers. They were devoted. They never stopped believing. They were listening to the prophets. They were genuinely and sincerely worshiping God. But you might call them um, you might call them collateral damage, but not really. I don't like that phrase uh, because it, there's no collateral. There's no incidental. Uh, situations in God's economy. But let me say it this way. God um, had called these people to be alive at this time to follow him through hardship. As he was unfolding his judgment around them, he promised that he would preserve them. Even those going to exile in Babylon, that was their really their preservation. Um, and so God was at work very deeply, very profoundly, and very... Um, personally in the lives of these people but the psalm before us is going to show us their emotions and their prayer it's a prayer okay and the first few verses of the first four parts to this uh, the first few verses of the prayer are um just just kind of a why we're praying and then uh, the rest of the psalm is is what we're praying and um or maybe i'm reversing that maybe it's what we're praying for god do this and the rest of the psalm is why that's what it is the rest of the psalm is Here's why we're praying these things and why we feel that our prayer is warranted, is justified. We have grounds on which to pray. So we're going to learn a lot as we go through this psalm. I don't think it'll take us as many days to get through this psalm as it did Psalm 73. There are 23 verses before us, but I think we'll move a little quicker. So let me just read it, and then uh, I'm going to sign off for the day. Let's read it together. Psalm 74, verse 1. O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their incense for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees. But now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. They have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, Let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. 
we see not our signs. There is no more any prophet, neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. O God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave the fountain and the flood. Thou driest up the mighty rivers. The day is thine. The night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all thy borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the wicked. Forget not the congregation of thy poor forever. Have respect unto the covenant, for the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. O let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O God, Plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. The tumult of those that rise up against thee increaseth continually. So a prayer uttered from the darkness. That's what's before us. The very real experience of a child of God crying out to God from the grips of pain and loss, and suffering. So there are some statements in here that are experiential, but they're not substantial, okay? They're not reality. They're the experience. They're the perception of the follower of God. For instance, I'll just, I'll just drop this and then we'll go. Why have you cast us off forever? Well, he didn't. He never has. He never will. But the sense of it was God's totally forsaken us so the big takeaway my friend is even when you feel like god has totally forsaken you he is still listening to your prayer because he not only heard this prayer he inspired it he preserved it as his word to us so we would know he's listening even when we think he is nowhere to be found so happy monday my friend we'll see you tomorrow